and welcome to The Richard Pyatt Show, a program about rides, people, and smart talk. Now here's Richard Pyatt. Thanks for joining us for another edition of The Richard Pyatt Show. Happy you are here. Program brought to you by Instacart. Check out the special link exclusively for Richard Pyatt Show listeners at richardpyattshow.com. It's really easy. Shop from all your favorite retailers, local and national, and get your groceries delivered in as fast as two hours. Safely at your doorstep. Check it out. Click the Instacart link, especially for Richard Pyatt Show listeners at richardpyattshow.com. Welcome back to another edition, and this time it's a car talk edition, and uh, we uh, always look forward to those, especially with star car blogger Jim Suba. His blog is called The Suba Files. You can just type that into uh, any old search engine, and it'll come right up, and you can read about all the different cars that you've seen in movies and television that Jim has researched and looked into. Today, we're going to talk about a really interesting one. So we're looking forward to that. Welcome back, Jim. Hey, thank you, Richard. Glad to be back. Glad to have you. So uh, if you're a Steve McQueen fan, of course, I think when you think McQueen and cars, you think of the bullet Mustang, right? I mean, you know, yep. how could you not? And that car has an incredible history and was locked away for a long time and suddenly came back to, to uh, the spotlight not all that long ago. Uh, but if you are a McQueen fan you will know that his very final movie is one called the hunter he uh, portrays ralph thorson a real life bounty hunter in uh, this uh, particular film and uh, known as papa ralph thorson was you know pretty fearless and uh, going out there and picking up the uh, the uh, the fugitives he needed to track down and so a movie was made about him who better to play him i suppose than steve mcqueen and he if you know this movie he ends up in a, a brand new black Trans Am at one point in this film. And that Trans Am has quite a story. And if you know this movie, you also know that car ends up in pieces. And so uh, Jim Suva has done quite a bit of research on this car. And uh, even what's also interesting is as we talk about this here in uh, October of 2020, that car or pieces of it as it, as it sits are for sale which is pretty interesting. So Jim, uh, this, it's almost a little heartbreaking for we uh, Pontiac fans to watch this thing, but it, it blows up in the movie, doesn't it? Yes. As a matter of fact, they blew up two brand new Trans Ams in that movie. One, the number one car is the one we're here to talk about. The number two car was bought after the first one was blown up and the blowing up uh, explosion didn't destroy the car enough. The effect. (laughs) So they went out and bought another car, painted it black, and then uh, blew it up again. Uh-huh. And uh, the second one was uh, was is actually the one you actually see in the movie getting blown up. And uh, yeah. the number one car you'll see uh, on a trailer being hauled into the airport afterwards. Yes. Because Steve McQueen rents this car. It's supposed to be in um, in another state, but it actually was filmed in Kankakee, Illinois and the Kankakee airport. And so Steve McQueen comes out, rents his car. And of course, in the movie, he plays against himself because he can't really drive very well at all, anything. He's always banging into things and yes. stick shifting. And, and a guy named Harold McQueen, who lives in the area down in uh, Mantino, Illinois. He's a farmer. He's This is one of the biggest things that happened in that area 
in a long time was this filming of the hunter. And uh, so Harold McQueen and a lot of people in the area would follow around the crew as they would go around filming different things. They were asking if he knew anybody that would be able to um, haul around the Trans Am and, and other things. And he says, yeah, I know this is the right guy, me. So he had a flatbed trailer. And what's interesting is the Trans Am now is for sale. The number one Trans Am has the actual trailer and was refurbished by uh, Calvin Riggs hmm. from Calvin uh, for Carlisle Motors. And so the car, when you buy the car, you're going to buy the trailer too, I believe. Wow. Well, and you'd probably need it. <laughs> exactly. Because it ain't going anyplace fast. On its own. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so Harold McQueen had the job of hauling the, 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 these cars around and which brings to the story of how Harold McQueen is the one that owned the car for 39 years. No relation to Steve, by the way, or apparently no relation. Maybe they were somewhere along the way. Yeah. Well, I had asked Harold about that and, uh, Harold said, no, they weren't related. Um, he actually met Steve McQueen and, uh, Steve had told him that, uh, all the McQueens are related because they all came from Scotland. Uh-huh. And, uh, so I guess down the line, they could be related. They might've been. So when I asked him, I said, Harold, what was Steve McQueen like? And he says, just like anybody else down to earth guy puts his one, pants on one leg at a time. Mm-hmm. And, um, and apparently he, uh, there's stories of, he was supposed to be in a hotel in downtown Chicago when they were filming in the Chicago area and they had a real nice suite and everything. And he looked around and he says, well, where's, uh, where's all the rest of the crew and Cass? Oh, they're in a motel down way. Well, I'm not staying here. I'm going back by them. Uh, so he stayed with them in, in the hotel or motel, wherever they were at. Uh-huh. And uh, so that was kind of cool. So. Steve is known for stirring up dust too, on some of the productions mm-hmm. that, uh, that he'd worked on. And being a bit of a pain for directors and producers at times, Harold didn't have any stories about that, huh? <laughs> no, but uh, his his wife at the time had wrote, has written a book about uh, Steve McQueen. And in it, yeah. he talks about how he was very touched by some of the kids in the inner city. And he ended up buying sports stuff for them while he was filming. Oh. And, uh, during the filming of this movie is when he realized he started to have a problem um, maybe shortness of breath when he had to do running scenes and stuff like that. So, um, uh, he was starting that, to be ill. Yeah. Yeah. The, the backstory of course is that, um, Steve McQueen, as you say, started to feel ill during the filming of this movie, but it was about a year later that he was gone. Uh, yeah, I think it was like three months after the movie premiered. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, he had died of cancer down in, uh, in Mexico and stuff. Yeah. So it was, it was not cool. well, uh, it's a real interesting story, you know, so, so we've talked with Jim on, on a number of occasions about these sorts of things, these cars that end up getting used in television and film. And then, uh, you, you know, you wonder what happens to these vehicles. And this one is just an unusual story because, um, <laughs> why would people be interested in a car that's been blown to smithereens? But, if you're a, a Steve McQueen fan, boy, I have a piece of his history, particularly from his last movie. That's a pretty big thrill. Yes, it is. And there's actually pieces, uh, uh, from that original trans uh, second trans that blew up, uh, that actually were in uh, the barn with the, with these, uh, number one trans am. And what's interesting about it too, is he is, uh, the trans am is actually a very low, um, serial number. It was one of the first, 10 built. Oh my. And, um, it this, only this had is 30, 79, right? It's a 1979 Trans Am. It was originally uh-huh. blue with a tan 
like buckskin interior, uh, leather, not leather, but vinyl. Vinyl, yeah. And um, the car that Steve McQueen is seen driving a lot with um, had a cloth interior. Harold McQueen told me they had six cars, six Pontiacs that were given to them for use. And all the serial numbers were taken off, so you couldn't resell them or anything. And um, I think this one turned out to be the seventh one that blew up the number two car because they actually had to go out and buy one themselves. Yeah. So and, what's the, I want to just pause on that for a second. So the, so uh, general motors had provided these vehicles. They took the, the VIN numbers off of them so they couldn't be resold. And and I think your story, your, uh, your investigation revealed that they wanted those cars back, I think. Right. That's right. Uh, but, um, um, they, they blew the first one up and they didn't like the way that, to sort it out and rather than use another one of the lot that was given to them because i presume gm wanted them back is why they went out and bought another one yes i believe that's correct i see and what's yeah. interesting is um the fact that they had to repaint the car and actually both these cars both stunt cars i think were both painted black because uh-huh. like i said the number one car that, that is for sale now by uh carlisle motors actually has uh, blue uh, blue paint spotted in areas where you can do it and it's really interesting how they had a car was rigged up um first of all i guess i should start at the beginning this was the coolest thing i've ever had happen to me is to be able to do a story on this and actually go to the farm and uh, harold mcqueen already had the car pulled out of the barn but there's pictures on my blog of the car in the barn so he ended up with with the car he ended up with the car well what do you want for payment uh, for hauling around these Trans Ams. Sure. And um, he said, well, what's it worth to you guys? And they settled on, you can have <laughs> this Trans Am. Put so, it back on them. And they and, just uh, gave him the car. <laughs> and they gave him the car. Here's, and, a, here's a car that's been blown up. <laughs> yeah. And he actually, <laughs> and he had people in the area that restores cars. So he had always had a thought about taking the car, putting it back together and restoring it because you can't put the car back together. Yeah. And uh, at that time, the car probably wasn't in as bad a shape now with all the rust and stuff that's on it and everything like that. Well, it was brand and new, <laughs> brand new 1300 miles on a Trans Am. What, how can you beat that? You know? So, so I end up, there's a picture also on the blog of, I believe of both Trans Am sitting on, uh, on the same trailer. And the number one Trans Am is on the bottom and it's got a nice little crease on the roof and cracked the windshield because the other Trans Am was placed on top of it. Oh, uh, he's got uh, uh, a letter. Yeah, and, the uh, production company certified that it was actually the one used in the movie that they'd given right. him. Yeah, yeah, you and, gotta have that in writing, I suppose. Yeah, and um, and there's all kinds of documentation that goes along with the car because um, uh, Calvin and I, I took pictures of him signing affidavits, of verifying the car, the trailer, and everything from Harold McQueen. So Harold uh, was given the number one car and he held on to it all these years had a notion for uh, restoring it never got around to it and now somebody else talked him out of it yeah randy and stan harville grew up in, in mantino illinois and of course uh, their sister actually uh, i believe went to school with harold uh, yeah. they knew where the car was the people in the area knew where the car was right and um so a couple years ago they contacted him to see if he wanted to sell it and never wanted to sell it. And then they tried two years ago, I think it was. And, um, and he said, well, they called him up. Harold was, has a home down in, in Florida 
for the winter. And uh, they call them up and, and uh, you know, maybe call me in the springtime when I get back to the farm and we'll talk. And, and when they, when they call him back and they say, he says, yeah, I guess it's time to sell it. Uh-huh. Stan Harville and uh, Calvin bought the car together. And I met Stan and, uh, and, and Calvin. And we went down and uh, looked at the car and took all the pictures and stuff like that. And, and uh, so it was, it was just a really cool experience and stuff. And uh, interesting story to go back real quick. GM had sent him letters saying, hey, we want this car back. And the reason behind that is because the car was wrecked and they didn't want it being put back together and sold and be, you know, legal matters and don't get sued for any reason. And it wouldn't have had a VIN number on it anyway, right? No, no, it wouldn't. And, uh, but, uh, you know, but Harold said, Hey, I got a letter. I got ownership of the car. So they finally assist and assisted. Uh And, uh, so that's how he got to keep the car and stuff. So interesting. Yeah. So, uh, what happened to the one they bought the second one that you, which was the one you actually see in the film being blown up. Do we know what happened to that one? Yeah. They had them take it to a junkyard, I think in Indiana. Oh my gosh. So that was just, that. just trashed I uh-huh. mean, a lot worse than that. And what's funny is, um, Harold McQueen was actually on the set when they blew up both cars and, uh, the second car they got blown up, which is the one in the movie, it actually flips over. And when Harold was standing there, the stunt man who was driving the car, his girlfriend was standing next to him, and she was just so scared that he got killed. Right. It was such a, a, a violent blow up and crash and everything like that. But the stunt man was fine. Oh my and um, and but it, what's funny is is the the rigging is still on the car. Uh, you can see how the car still has corn corn stalks stuck underneath. <laughs> Even in the mufflers and in and, and, and the areas of the car underneath where it was driven through the cornfield at one time, and uh, which is part of that chase scene. And um, there's chains that linked the front and back sections of the car together. Uh-huh. And passenger drawer was rigged to blow off on the side. What they did was they, hired, they put tape, black tape, which is still on the car, <laughs> uh, down the left side of the car, because that's the side you don't see. And it was wrapped around and taped and, and including the front and there's pictures on, on the blog too, to show the front bumper, which is came off and still has all the tape marks. And you can see the exact loop that they made. So when the car is backing up, it would just pop off the tape. And then at one point they would blow up and then they just pull the front end apart from the second back end. Yeah. Let's talk about that. So, uh, first of all, if you've seen the movie, you know what we're talking about. If you haven't, uh, this is the story. So, uh, McQueen's character sent off uh, somewhere to pick up a couple of brothers who are fugitives. He gets to the airport. They hand him the keys to this new firebird. I think the lady says, uh, it has 75 miles on it. You know, and she hands him the keys. It's brand new. So off he goes and he's, uh, he goes and finds where these brothers live and they end up hopping in the car and chasing him with it. And uh, there's a huge cornfield. So they're driving this car through the cornfield and McQueen gets smart and gets the uh, combine out <laughs> and he's chasing them with the combine and, and uh, uh, they have some dynamite. They're trying, they're throwing dynamite at him. He ends up cornering them uh, ostensibly over some of the dynamite that they had intended for him and the car blows up. But what's interesting is uh, how you describe how they actually did this. And when you look at the car on this flatbed trailer today, it's in two pieces. They pulled this car apart is what ended up happening. How did they do that? 
they uh, rigged explosive charges on the car. Mm-hmm. And then they have the, um, they had a cable that was hooked up to the front of the car and then brought out and then wrapped around on the outside of the driver's side with black tape on it. Uh-huh. Now the black tape is still there. <laughs> and uh, it goes around to the front of the car. And um, so the cars are going in reverse at this time. So you don't see the left side of the car. You don't see the front side of the car. And the front side of the car, it's looped around there also uh-huh. with black tape. And the black tape is still on the car, still on the front bumper. They've done nothing to it. It is the way nothing. it ended up. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, it's a movie prop. Yep. They don't care about it. They did what they needed to. And then it's gone. And uh, yeah. so then they high tied the, the cable to a tree. And then when as the car is backing up and gets to the point where it blows up, they hit the charges and then and the Trans Am just pulls itself apart because the one part, the front part, which is basically the front clip. Yeah. Fenders come flying off, passenger door comes ripping off on the side, and very dramatic. And in, and in this case, the second one overturns on its roof, I believe, uh-huh. at the very end. And uh, quite explosive. So uh, the way you describe this, and and I'm not a stunt analyst, I just, you know, naked eye watching the movie, as you're seeing the car coming apart, you're seeing cables and chains and things, which I presume was part of the rigging that they'd worked out to make sure that uh, this thing came apart the way they wanted it to. Um, And as you described, car number one didn't come apart the way they wanted it to. So they figured out a way to do it with car number two, which is what you see in the uh, final footage of the movie, but uh, I saw cables and chains and, <laughs> and things moving. So it seemed to uh, seem to be in concert with what you were describing. Uh, but uh, n- and now your dream car is waiting for you. <laughs> this uh, uh, two piece trans am that, uh, that you see in that movie, somebody's going to own that car. This is pretty unusual, right? In, in your um, research, you find out about cars and we've certainly talked about like the Rockford Files cars and how many of them there were and what's happened to a lot of them. Uh, but, uh, in this case, uh, I think it's pretty unique, right? That there's a, uh, a stunt car like this that's in pieces that is still considered, uh, you know, something that people will want to own. Yes. Um, it's a piece of history. Um, there's a lot when the story first came out, there's people that say, Oh, you got to keep it the same, leave it the way it is. And there's other people that say, well, you know, it could be worth a fortune if you put the car back together again. Mm-hmm. And, um, the car itself is all there. Unfortunately, some of the stuff is missing people on the, on the movie figured this could be his last movie because of the way he was feeling. So they basically stripped the car of all the badges, uh, the rear spoiler, uh, the mirrors, the center cap on the de- on the steering wheel, uh-huh. console's gone, all the all the inside badges for the power windows things gone and stuff like that, and and uh, and the fenders are gone too. Uh, souvenirs, people. Souvenirs want. for yeah. from from the movie, and uh, to be honest with you, it's going to cost a lot of money to restore the car because you really do need to put a basically a whole new interior in it. Um, the floor pans will have to, would have to be you know, be replaced. There mm-hmm. is no, no gas tank on it because when you're doing explosions like that, if you ever watch any movies, get, there's no gas tank on those cars. They have like uh-huh. a, a fuel cell someplace with just a minimal amount of gas just to get through the stunt. Right. So you don't have fire and everything like that. Right. And you can see actually where there was a roll cage built into the car. There's still sections of the dash. That's got a, um, 
that have been melted in or whatever, where you can see it was. And there's pieces on the floorboards. Uh, there's no carpeting, but the floorboards have uh, sections of uh, where they just cut out the uh, roll bar because they took this literally took the roll bar from this car, put it in the secondary car yeah. for the stunt. So. Well, uh, it's a uh, interesting piece of history, and of course, um, probably made more so by the notion that this is McQueen's last movie. So, um, you know, it it carries that uh, significance with it as well. I don't know. Can you say this is a McQueen-driven car uh, or not? I mean, he wasn't. His character was not driving it at the time uh, of the uh, the big event. But, um, and if this was car number two that you're seeing in the movie, who knows if he ever drove it, but maybe you could say he did. Well, there is a picture in, um, in the book that his wife made, uh, and where he's standing next to, I believe this car. So, um, so there is uh, a connection there and, uh, it is from a Steve McQueen car. I would think that it, uh, he had driven it at some time. I, I can't see a, a guy like him not driving a Trans Am, this Trans Am. Incidentally, that book I referred to a couple of times now is Steve McQueen, The Last Smile, revisited by Barbara McQueen. And um, she's got some really great stories and, and pictures, and including the picture of Steve standing next to the car with the stuntman. Uh-huh. Of course, if you want to be interested in buying the car, call Kyle Motors. Calvin Riggs is the owner. and um, He's located in Texas and mm-hmm. a really nice guy. And uh, it's a nice piece of history. Right. Carlisle Motors in uh, Houston, Texas is uh, is the owner. And I presume uh, they're ready to make a deal if you're listening to this around October of 2020. Uh, otherwise, you might be a little late. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you've got to have a pretty big garage for this. Uh, the flatbed comes with it and uh, all of the pieces as it remains. What do you think this thing is worth? Do you have an idea? I, I have no idea. I, I know the restoration is going to cost a fortune. I would, yeah. I would think at least over a hundred thousand yeah. dollars to put this back together. I, I, and I don't know the condition of what the engines inside is like, because uh, you know, there's no carburetor on it. I'm sure mice and stuff got in. In fact, sure. <laughs> there was a skeleton of a dead raccoon in the front, on uh, the front floorboard and the passenger oh. side. <laughs> and in the middle of the rear um, seat is actually a big hole where I guess the raccoon must have gotten in because it was in a barn and the barn yeah. had holes on the bottom. So animals get in there. And, and but again, it, it's it's a cool piece of history. And uh, I wouldn't mind having the car. I have no idea where I put it. My wife would kill me if I had it in my garage. <laughs> but uh, it is uh, the last movie Steve McQueen made. And you actually saw it in person because it was at the Indian Uprising last year when we yes. had a 29th show. Yes, big uh, uh, big Pontiac Indian Uprising uh, show that is such a great show in the Chicago area. It, was, it took 2020 off like a lot of events did, and uh, ho- hopefully it'll be back for its 40th year in, uh, 30th. in August. A uh, 30th year, thank you. 30th year, I think it's 6th, 7th, and 8th at the Crystal Lake Holiday Inn. Crystal Lake just north of uh, Chicago in the Chicago land area, so uh, yeah, it'll be a nice, uh, nice event. And this this uh, relic was there uh, uh, a couple of years ago, and so it was quite interesting. To, you you just sort of stand there and look at this thing, <laughs> man. Uh, look at the work that went into pulling this thing apart. I don't know why, but I feel like why would you want to restore it? Just leave it like that to show uh, to show how that uh, that whole scene resulted. 
And then if you did restore it, I mean, at what point do you say this is a whole other car? By the time you pull all kinds of pieces together to put a car together, how much of the original would really be left? Not much, I would think, right? If it was my car, I'd give me one of those, if I had money, that is, <laughs> I, I would get a glass trailer, put the car in it together, which mm -hmm. it, when it transports, they actually put the car back together and then they pull it apart. I see. Uh, for display and and calvin actually went on and got giant cardboard cutouts like i do with my james garner for my yeah. car yeah he has steve mcqueen sitting on the same tire yeah. on the front wheel and he has the branch brothers who are the who are the two guys that try to blow up steve mcqueen uh, also so it's set up so it looks just like from the movie just the to me this would be a great thing for like a, a museum oh yeah that you could put this in and 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 to me i would leave it alone just like that we uh, will link uh, Jim's uh, blog post about this with all the photos that he referenced uh, from this uh, particular 79 Trans Am from The Hunter, Steve McQueen's last movie. So just look in the show notes and uh, you'll see that link and you can check it out. And of course, the Suva files, Jim looks into all sorts of uh, star cars and television and movie vehicles that you know and has quite a, a few that he has researched and there's a dearth of information there so check that out thank you jim thank you sir thanks for listening to the richard pyatt show click the subscribe button to stay in touch visit richardpyattshow.com and on facebook search richard pyatt show thank you to our sponsor for this episode instacart make grocery shopping easy with same day delivery click the special link exclusive for Richard Pyatt Show listeners at richardpyattshow.com.